Hello and welcome to the Swift Legacy Podcast, a show where we talk all things Taylor Swift. Hey guys, welcome back to the Swift Legacy Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about a song called $10 and a Six Pack. Now, this was written back in 2005 by Taylor Swift, obviously, Liz Rose and Brian Maher. And we have two versions of this song. We have an acoustic one and a studio one, which are both in circulation. The acoustic, the note that I'm reading says the acoustic was recorded in the studio, which probably means it's a good quality acoustic. Am I right? Why do I not have a studio version of this? Do I have a studio version? Let me check. Let me rephrase that. The acoustic version is terrible. The acoustic version is not terrible, but it is like a work take demo. Like it's, it's not, not a, a good it's one. It's not a proper recording. I love this song because it's so like uh, country accent in it. There's such uh... a country twang. She could never record this for the debut vault just because she'd never get the accent right that's so sad Mm. but true okay so the master of this song is owned by sony which yeah considering it's 2005 that makes sense okay right so molly your time has come to shine with your steve impression i have sent you what the inner circle have to say so imagine that your mother and everybody else told you that the person you were interested in was bad news what would you be willing to bet to prove them wrong? This is such a fun song with some of my favourite lyrics and vocals ever. Once again, Steve is overhyping a little bit. What would you be willing to bet? Ten dollars and a six, and a six pack. Is really not that much. <laughs> I'd ask. Yeah, she didn't it. really have that much faith in this guy. She just thought, you know what? Let's let's just put ten dollars on it. Right. I would like to add a little bit. So when I first heard this song. I did not know what a six pack was. Neither did I. The only context. Well, I think because we're British, beers aren't generally sold in six packs over here. Like it's four packs. And so the term six pack isn't used that much. Why is Amy laughing? Well, because if you didn't think it was a six pack of beer, what did you think it was? (laughs) Just like a six pack is in like abs. And I was like, same. Did you think? And I could not understand it. I was like, $10 and a six pack. How do you owe someone a six pack? You're a personal trainer. No, I mean, yeah, as a Brit, I feel like it's quite it's quite an Americanized saying. Yeah, six pack. So like, no, it was very confusing first listening to it. Mm-hmm. So basically, Steve ha- has Steve has kind of summed up the storyline, but not really. It's essentially the same storyline as um, oh shit, better off that one as well yeah no there's what's the other one where it's like everyone hates you like but I love you (laughs) that's that's a great description no it's released and it's either on fearless or speak now why can I not think of this song um hours I feel like there's another one on fearless I mean technically it's what she wrote love story about isn't it like the guy yeah that's true no one wants to be with I feel like it's very um maybe it's not so no, it's the same story. It's better off though. You're right. That's the best comparison. Thank you. He's bad news. Everyone else is telling her he's bad news. And she's like, but I love him. And then he turns out to be bad news. What a shocker. Plot twist. Shock horror. Shock um, horror. 
And now she owes her friends $10 in a six pack, essentially. So considering, I mean, I feel like it's very metaphorical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Considering it was written in 2005, that makes her 15 years old. Mm -hmm. I got my maths right that time. Can I have a round of applause, everybody? Thank you. Okay. So do we think that this is a fictional song or do we think it's based on something in reality? I think it's sort of I think the fact that better off also exists and songs of that kind of rhetoric exist that she's written I think it's probably based in reality um like you said I think ten dollars in a super pack is metaphorical um it's the idea of dating a guy that no one approves of or even just liking a guy that no one approves of I don't think the second verse is very kind of telling a story I don't think any of that actually happened I think that's just a let them say we're crazy. You said, let's go fishing tonight. That's one of my least favorite lyrics. I, mean, I know Rachel loves that, but like, what the hell is that point of that? It, I, I really don't know. I feel like there are very, once she got to verse two, she was like, nah, fuck this. I give up. Yeah. <laughs> I give up. Okay. Better off, which I would say kind of draw a parallel to, was written in 2004. You know what? I also kind of draw a parallel to Closest to a Cowboy. Yeah, I was going to say that. I don't know if it's just the imagery, though. That's, that's very probably true. That, that's a fair point, which was, that was also written in 2004. So they, they were both the year before. This. Closest to a Cowboy, was that Liz Rose? Closest to a Cowboy, it was Sharon Vaughan. Oh, of course it wasn't Liz Rose, because we talked about Sharon Vaughan and whether she was dead or not, didn't we? Yeah, and we decided she was still alive. Well, we didn't decide. We found out. <laughs> Actually, you're still alive. I decided Prince Philip was still alive the other day. And, you know, he resurrected at the end of my bed. I'm not using the greatest choice of words today, am I? No. Okay, right. So I would I would say it's based in reality. Or maybe, maybe it's inspired by a book or a film because that's kind of a very popular trope. Could be. We know she used to write like that. Yeah, definitely. she still does to some extent. Mm. Yeah, um, Death by a Thousand Cuts. Yeah, tolerate it. Yeah, no, exactly. Okay, so why do we think that this song didn't make the album? I think it's obvious. I think the alcohol reference just ruled out immediately. I do find it funny that she sat there writing with Liz Rose at the age of 15 about beer of all the different alcohols (laughs) you can write about. (laughs) And I know that's not what the song's about, but it's literally in the title. I do find that really funny. And I wonder whose idea that was. I feel like Taylor always went to these writing sessions with, I mean, from our conversation with Robert Ellis Oral and from kind of what we've read in interviews with other songwriters, I feel like she always went in with an idea. Yeah. And I think especially with Liz Rose, who was essentially a writer that she works a lot with and was probably very comfortable with, I feel like she went in with a concept even Liz Rose has basically said I was her editor, essentially. Yeah. We'd do all the exactly. writing with the ideas and I just edit it down to make it more structured and kind of pick out the best bits, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think I think you're definitely on something with it being an alcohol reference, and we all know that they very much wanted Taylor cleaner than clean and she was America's sweetheart. She was perfect. She never drank. She never did drugs. Anything should like have wiped that. her MySpace. Re- that really was the downfall in their plan. <laughs> her MySpace. <laughs> okay. Um, but I also I think 
lyrically it's not quite there like I think it's it's good the first verse and the hook but once it gets to the second verse I'm like not really yeah no I'm with you on that there's nothing that stands out really in this and when she had so many songs to choose from I can't see this even being considered it's also quite downbeat yeah and I feel like there wasn't there wasn't really another space for that on the album and the songs that she chose and also some other unreleased songs that didn't make the album were far stronger contenders like by the way closest to a cowboy these are like songs with incredible lyrics but a down tempo yeah Whereas this is just like ugh, not necessary say we're crazy you said let's go fishing tonight it's just if- not it is a- if Rachel was here right now she would absolutely be ripping you to shreds for hating that line she really would wouldn't she she would yeah okay yeah. you guys just Rachel wasn't free today so you guys just need to imagine her passionately defending this this song Rachel will defend any song though Rachel defended Mary Sarah's version of um permanent marker so Rachel does not deserve opinions Rachel defended Christmas's no Rachel's defended Christmas must be something more Rachel has lost her thinking ability privileges not ability she's lost her privileges I can't get behind defending Christmas must be something more but I can get behind it more than defending Mary Sarah's permanent marker purely because at least the former was a Taylor song as in like sung by Taylor yeah semi-defended there what song are we doing again? Ten dollars a six pack. I forgot. Her her accent in that is just so funny. It is. It's like it's so put on. I'll give it to her. It's catchy. The chorus is catchy. Possibly unpopular opinion. We know that she always wanted to be a singer and a songwriter. Or not so much a songwriter, but always wanted to perform and be a singer. I don't think she really was that focused on country until she realized there was a gap in the market for it like I think that drove her decision to be country more so than her love of country music I mean I think it it kind of I think it crosses over I think she was very much brought up on Shania Twain Dixie Chicks etc and her early demos you've got Dolly Parton you've got the Dixie Chicks but that's because that's the market she was going for but that was kind of before she came a songwriter. That was kind of before she came a songwriter. I don't know. I feel oh, like I, I feel like it's definitely what you're saying is definitely a point. And I think to an extent, to an extent it's true, definitely. But there's maybe some influences mixed in with it. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, she did love country music, but I also just think that she wanted to and I don't want to say because it was never done I don't want to say oh she wanted to be a star and she did whatever it took and that was there but I think she even from a young age I think her mum was involved heavily oh yeah um but I think they were very clever about the way they marketed her and they knew they couldn't there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of girls who wanted to do the same thing she wanted to do and what's going to make her stand out and she's talked about that in terms of learning the guitar and starting songwriting as being her kind of USP exactly but I also think country being specifically country was a little bit of her way in yeah and there was no one making music for young girls 
in no that's that's true so it was a gap in the market Mm, fair point anyway i think her move to pop was always gonna happen no i mean that's such a controversial thing i feel like we should have an episode on that anyway do we think that ten dollars and a six pack has a chance of making it onto the debut vault (laughs) no way if it does i actually just give up no what will you do if it does i feel like we need to we need to like make a dare like jump in a lake okay i can work with that i'll happily jump in a lake i'll jump in a lake if it does make it if it doesn't make (laughs) it like i don't really care that much um what will i do um i'll send her an email incredible you you should do a dixie chicks in 2001 and burn all your cds and just be like no we're done with you you what Mm, okay i have 1989 but i I feel like they disappeared like i don't have a cd player anymore like what's the point i know but i just need i don't know i don't have a cd player i don't i've got a signed copy of red no no i i still collect cds of like really good albums if i really like them i know you do i feel like if i wanted to collect things i'd start collecting records but that's a fair point but the thing is records are so much more expensive and a record player is expensive i don't have a record player exactly okay personally i say no to it being on a vault i think rachel thinks it should be i feel like i'm just she probably does i am rachel in this episode like i'm also giving rachel's opinion but i think she thinks it should be I Rachel mean, really likes this song. Yeah, she does. Rachel, that's... if you're listening to this and you don't like this song, sorry, but that's what I thought. We've just created a new persona for Rachel and we're... Rachel, yeah. we don't need you back. No, no, I'm we're fine. Your opinion. <laughs> um, but I, I think that if it were to be included on a vault, it would need some heavy editing. Uh, heavy editing as in rewrite the whole thing yes heavy editing as in rewrite the second verse onwards and I mean I don't know because there are some good lines in it I mean everybody said that you were bad news but baby I was betting on you like I really like that I mean it's not like it's nothing special just none of it is anything special I feel like it was a very kind of I do find it interesting that is it Brian Mayer? Might Brian Maher? I never know how to pronounce his I, name. I always say Mayer, like John Mayer. Oh yeah, Brian Mayer. I do think it was interesting that he was involved on this one as well because I feel like the other ones that he were involved, he was involved with, turned out a lot better. I mean, the other songs that he was involved with are Rain Song, Sweet Tea and God's Graces. I have just become the number one Sweet Tea and God's Graces stand. Like, I've and repeat the last few days. And who I've always been. So he he was part of the writing team for some very, very good songs. There was one more. Mary no. song. Oh yeah, released. Yeah. So he he him, Taylor, and Liz Rose are an incredible writing team. It just so happens that ten dollars in a six pack was maybe on one of their off days. <laughs> no, I feel like and um, maybe there is a studio demo out there that um, apparently there is, and I just don't know that it exists. But if there's not, then it would make sense to me that it was she wrote with Liz Rose every Tuesday afternoon after school for months. They would mm-hmm. have written lots of songs together, loads of songs together. True. Um, 
in that time period and I assume Brian May had just kind of showed up for one or two writing sessions he just showed up on the doorstep <laughs> like hey you want to do some writing y'all I feel like we could try and get him on you know I don't know what he does now I'm just obsessed with his backing vocals and the acoustic version of Sweet Tea yeah I want to talk about the bridge because it's terrible <laughs> okay basically right I'll read it out to you can't believe the time you lost me. Can't believe what it cost me. A $10 this, and a six-pack specifically. That's what it cost her. It didn't cost her a lot, let's be honest. How much is a six-pack back in 2005? Uh, I have no, no concept. Dollars are so such a weird... They're not even that weird of a pound. <laughs> they're a weird currency. <laughs> if it's not pounds, it's weird. No, it's probably like... How much is a six-pack over here? I don't know. I don't drink very true I don't drink beer but no I mean we talk about Taylor writing the greatest bridges of all time we talk about bridge city this is like bridge suburb it's not even bridge suburb it's like bridge bridge shed (laughs) shed at the end of the garden this is bridge cul-de-sac it's just a (laughs) dead end (laughs) I I have to say she did write some cul-de-sac Coles de sac. Did you not know that that's the the plural of cul-de-sac is Coles de sac? When would you ever need the plural of cul-de-sac? When I just said it then. So bridge calls de sac. So yeah. it's not even cul-de-sacs. No, it's calls de sac. That's the plural of cul-de-sac. So wrong. Do you have cul-de-sac in America? <laughs> you, you, oh no, I, wait. I learned it on Gilmore Girls. Oh, well, then they, it must be on, it must be American. Cul-de-sac. Cul-de-sac. I love a good cul-de-sac. I feel like we have spent this whole episode slagging off this song, which was probably not my intention because it's not like, it's not the worst song. It's definitely like by a mile, it's not the worst song. So I feel like we should go through and say our favorite lyrics just to like round it off, make it a bit more, you know. Okay, yeah. the only one that semi-redeems it for me is the midnight moon with blazing baby that's it that's it really that's that's all the only positive i can say on this song is that lyric and it's like that's, that's the positive oh alliteration guys i don't know i i really actually like you are what i wanted when i wanted what i just couldn't have i like that only because it sounds nice isn't isn't that the point isn't that the point of a song yeah but do you know what I mean like when something just sounds nice it feels nice yeah no I think when I wanted what I just could like the rhythm is just nice I I think the first verse is good like I I like it I really like it I mean starting with that and then really something for three months and a half when I wanted what I just couldn't and like melodically it's so good I re- I really I really think melodically the first verse redeems it. And I like think I just scrap the entire song but keep the melody and write over it. No. Yeah. I feel like that would be really trippy if she did do that. But like that would I I could not listen to that. That would creep me out too much. Like the, her changing a couple of lines in the one thing. Or should I say bye bye baby now? Like I can't I can't listen to it. It's just not right. And also the everybody said that you were bad news, but baby, I was betting on you. Like I I really like that line. I do think I was betting on you is quite a nice like leads into it. it's kind of like the the metaphor in the song. Maybe 
she should change it round, kind of make that the hook and then call it bet on it and then sell it high school musical. Bet on it, bet on it. Fun fact, I feel like I've said this before, but that song, like sequence, took six days to film. I know. I read it, it was in like, Girl Talk magazine when I was like 10. And it's like remained in my brain for whatever reason. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on social media for exclusive content. We will see you again next week with a new episode of the Swift Legacy Podcast.